That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? You go. You go. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to the L Word. <laughs> See? That L Word podcast. <laughs> love and leadership all in one. Where the two intersect. Yes, and this net is killing me. So, oh, boy. He's going to be swatting at this thing all, <laughs> all episode. So we've got another amazing guest with us today. Yes. We've got Lisa Leith, formerly of, or, or, or of Lisa HR. Leith uh, HR Group. HR Group, yeah. Yeah. Leith, tongue-tied. Yeah. Is that Leith or Leith? Leith. 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 Spell it. Not Leaf, not Leech, Leith. L-E-A-T-H. Okay. Yeah. Lisa is, I was introduced to you by Dave. Yes. And I, I don't Polaris. know. Polaris. Yes. Uh-huh. And I don't know if he used these words or if I did, but I see you as like the HR queen. Okay. Of Wilmington. I was just waiting for like what words <laughs> you never Polaris know. used. <laughs> I, I think I might have put that tag on you after we met. We met for coffee in... Uh, what's that little place? Casablanca. Yeah, I love that place. Me too. Go check it out. Yeah. Plug. <laughs> Plug. Send a gift card. Yeah, Casablanca, <laughs> send a check. <laughs> yes. And we thought it would be great to have you on the show just to talk. I mean, obviously, we talk a lot about leadership and all that kind of stuff and maybe some conflict stuff. I don't know. As usual, we've just got a couple words written down on a piece of paper, and we're going to wing it. Cool. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself? and Sure. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Cool. I'm Lisa Leith, and I'm the chief people officer for Vantica, um, which is a software company headquartered in Wilmington, but doing business all around the United States. Um, Before that, for five years, I ran uh, two HR-related companies, one called Leith HR Group, an HR consulting firm um, focused on bringing the human back in human resources, recruiting, retaining, culture, and training. Um, And then WorkTalk, which is a mobile employee check-in app. Um, super fun. Uh, I continue to be just like focused on employee experience, candidate experience, um, making sure that you're taking advantage of all the free things you can do as a business leader to make people feel um, noticed, empowered, that they have a voice. And from the moment that you um, have your first conversation with somebody who's interested in working for your company, um, all the way to the time that, you know, either they retire or they quit. So like just making those touches throughout their career really meaningful and intentional is my purpose in life, I feel like. Putting the human back in human resources. Yep. Like I wrote that down. That's awesome. I'm noticing that these chief people officers that have a way with words. They're like pastors. <laughs> 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 Man, you got to be, I guess you got to be quick on the draw when, oh, when, you, sure. when you're dealing with people because you never know what you're going to get, right? That's true. There's no black and white. Everything is gray. I just tell people like when they move from kind of like buddy to supervisor, just get used to the fact that there will be no yes or no to any people situation. It's always gray. And there's always a background that you have to dig into before you make a decision to move forward. Um, so just getting comfortable with the gray. And one other plug I would like that you failed to mention you have your own podcast. Yes, HR Nightmares. HR Nightmares. If you are not listening to this show, <laughs> you're missing out. Well, I mean, I'll just bring it up. They were just talking about the one with sex in the workplace. Wordle. Um, we were code wording it Wordle. Like if you're hiding in an office, locking the door and doing Wordle, that's inappropriate. Yeah. That's, what? <laughs> 
Go watch the episode. She just said oral. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that ain't a cold word. I no, mean, no, oh, it works that way. We've quickly gone We're down a rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, our nightmare. <laughs> like, what? I don't know if we can talk about this on the podcast. I don't know. We just, it's your just, podcast. We can talk about we anything. Have, we had to put explicit when we both. Yeah, I think, I think that's Love and leadership. <laughs> what kind of love are you talking about? Oh, it's too close. Too it's a bit. So yeah, I love that show. Thank you. Uh, it's I'm addicted to it. It's it's one of those. I'm totally gonna listen to it now. It, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. And I'm not even in HR, but I just it's all the stories. And I was telling Matt before you came in, your show to me is what it would be like to sit down and have a beer with an HR person, and just be like, "Tell me the dirt." Yeah. Well, we always go for a beer after we record the podcast, so you can find us every third Wednesday over at the wine shop on Queen Street. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we do like we do offer free HR advice. So one of our favorite parts about HR Nightmares podcast is you can write in to the show and we try to hit one or two questions that the audience has. And it'll be everything from like an employee per perspective question to another HR colleague saying like, hey, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And there's three of us and a guest around the table and we just kind of brainstorm what we would do and um, give people free advice. So if you need free advice, go ahead and write into the show. Perfect. So you're like a, just a, like a professional problem solver. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For everybody. <laughs> well, I, Everyone. Well, I, I have this problem. My, my neck is better. <laughs> Maybe it's I know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so when we get into, you know, talking more about leadership and stuff like that, exploring conflict, and it's something that Morgan and I have talked about before, but it's interesting to have somebody like you on the show where we can really like dig into proper ways to deal with conflict in the workspace, especially from a leadership perspective. Yeah. So, um, Everyone is uncomfortable with conflict, even if you deal with it all the time. Um, mm. <clears throat> I feel like in business, a lot of the times where I'm brought into conversations to help kind of coach and be a sounding board on conflict is related to underperformance and um, or there's just something like fishy going on with an employee and the manager doesn't kind of know where to start. Um, I would say like from an HR nightmare standpoint, I always caution people. The first thing I caution people to do when dealing with conflict um, or having an uncomfortable conversation is like avoiding cushioning. And cushioning is like what we all as humans tend to do. It's like you want to like be a little bit nicey-nicey on both sides of the message. Um, and a lot of times what comes out of that, the outcome is that people just generally don't understand like what they're supposed to do next um, or that the conversation was meant to be serious in nature. And so so sort of like, I'm a very direct communicator. So it's like easy for me to be like, this is what you say. Stick to these three points. Don't say you're sorry. Um, but it is very hard for most human beings to deal with a conflicting conversation where they don't cushion. So like cushioning to me. Have you guys ever dealt with that? Where like you're well, trying I to coach it, somebody? I call you, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. This is the positive salvage. Yeah. <laughs> positive salvage. Okay. Sandwich. Oh, sandwich. oh, sandwich. Okay. Right. I thought you said salvage. You the positive, I was like, yeah, that's kind of. Create the negative and you end, end with a positive. Yeah. I like direct. Like I'm a direct person, but society doesn't like direct. They say they want the truth. They say they want it straightforward, but they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Right. And what comes to mind for me is, and I think I use dating analogies a lot, but when you go on a date or with somebody, sports. yeah, I know, and I'm not a sports guy, but when you, when you go <laughs> on a date, yeah, and I'm not dating, this is weird. It's very psychoanalyze this for the next but, 10 minutes. Oh my God. But when you go, you know, like you've got those, uh, you go on a date with somebody and it's, there's no chemistry. 
-hmm. And then the person says, the other person says, oh, you know, can I call you again? Oh, well, I might be busy. Instead, like, so when you say cushioning, that's what came to mind with me. And I've actually had this conversation with my daughter. It's from a guy's perspective. It's better to just say, hey, you know what? I didn't feel the chemistry. Thank you for a lovely time tonight. And and that's it. Yeah. Because if you if you cushion then is the dude, or, you know... As a guy, you're like, there's still a chance. There's yeah. still a chance. <laughs> yeah, you left the door cracked. You left That's the door right. cracked. It's totally, and I got my toe wedged no. in there. Yeah, and I feel like we're friends now, and friends, like the story, the love stories, friends turn into... <laughs> That's right. The lie that we tell ourselves. Right. <laughs> so then how does that translate into the workplace? Yeah. Um, the positive sandwich can be good if it's, like, the first time you're giving somebody feedback. Um, you know... Hey, I really liked what you brought to the huddle this morning. You had like some really good goals for the team, but also I noticed that you were texting the entire time and we have a new guy on the team and now he thinks it's cool to be texting. It's not really an important meeting anymore. Okay. So, um, again, just want to say thanks for coming with all these great ideas. You're always bringing the heat. You're the hype guy, whatever, but like, and, and so then you move on and he feels good about it and it wasn't too harsh of a feedback kind of thing. And he's usually kind of an A player for you. So, um, you don't even seem like you like it now. Like you give an example. Like, like I don't like it. <laughs> I am. What, so we did this thing at Vanica, um, they, which I love. I love these self-assessments. You do too. I know. Yeah. I love them. Don't <laughs> get like me started. All of them. Um, but like the one that they do is the OMS. Um, and so it says I'm an expressive driver. So I'm like, damn, this is like a really good, just in two words, that pretty much like explains everything about me. <laughs> um, but then on the disc, um, dominant. Uh, oh, and, I see that. And so. Your energy level is dominant. It might not be you in your phone, but like some people will, they take that a certain way. But like, and so the disc is like about the way that you communicate and the OMS is about just like your behaviors and your motivators. And so those two, to me, that that's how I like to communicate. But you're absolutely right. The positive sandwich is like from a societal perspective, better for people. I don't but, really want the truth, but I want you to tell me the truth, but not really tell me the truth. But also from a business perspective, that sucks. You know, if I'm the employee and you're not giving me direct feedback and I really want to do better, especially post-millennials, like... They want the constant feedback. And so not giving them the feedback that they can act on and sort of like pivot and do a better job for you. They want to get the pat on the back. Yes, everybody knows that. But they can't get the pat on the back unless they're doing an excellent job for you. So you got to give them the you got to give them the direct feedback. So if you're uncomfortable kind of like doing it on a quarterly basis or an annual basis, like just be doing it every week. But the, the five the, minutes. The discomfort doesn't mean it's coming from them. It ain't the discomfort that they get from receiving. It's most of the time. We we have our own personal discomforts, and we think it needs to be given a certain way. Self-inflicted discomfort, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the so that's why I always encourage people like just practice, like jot down rather than winging it, like jot down a couple of talking points that you want to make sure that you hit, and then make sure that you don't get into this like bargaining situation where the person's like. You know, well, Jody did this, and I was doing it because I saw Jody do it before, and Jody didn't get in trouble, and it's like and. Don't get backed into a corner to, like, give in and give them their way. Like, make sure that you have at the end of this meeting, I need to make sure that they heard this. Um, and if you're uncomfortable being direct or you're less of a dominant than me or less of a driver than me, then you at least have your talking points to feel prepared and that you're not going to get sort of, like, put in this situation where you don't have, like, a good response. And then the, and, and it's like, it's like <clears throat> a, a double-edged sword because some people, like, they think that, they're doing good by, by this person not to hurt their feelings or, or not to make them feel bad, but they really don't get the point. 
and then they repeat yeah. it again. Yeah. What I like to ask at the end of like a performance <laughs> improvement plan meeting is like, okay, so play back to me what you heard as far as the feedback so that you can take take it out of this meeting and turn it into an action plan and do better. Like, what did you hear? Hmm. And if they're just like, Ask the then they didn't get it. They wouldn't even listen, probably. Well, no. that's what I just wrote down, too. You know, when you're giving somebody feedback, making sure they understand yeah. what it is. Because I think some people are predisposed to only hearing the good. Yes, that is very They only true. want to hear the good. Even if you yeah. give them this compliment sandwich, they only hear they only heard the buns. Mm-hmm. They didn't hear the, the meat in the middle of it. And so that— We all have growth. Well, I can always do better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you messed that up. Yeah. Like, don't do it again. Yeah. I'm always learning. I'm willing to do better. I can always do better. We can always do better. Yes, absolutely. And that's great stuff to hear from the person getting the feedback. But <laughs> <laughs> you should see her body language right yeah, now. Yeah, like, she's. Uh-uh. I want to, I like, know what you're going to do. So, um, yeah. So with with a leader who's, who's afraid of being direct or um, having those difficult conversations, I know you said practice. Yes. What would be another takeaway tip? Uh, the leader that feels uncomfortable. Um, so I like thinking about what is it about this person that's pissing me off? Okay. Because a lot of times we're like, I can't, I can't really pinpoint exactly what they're doing. I just know that they seem like they're not as good as Morgan, not as good as Jody. And like, I can't figure out why Lisa's pissing me off. I actually have a pretty cool like performance diagnostic tool that I'd be willing to share with you guys in the audience that explains it's kind of a little checklist for you to be introspective as a manager and think about like, is it motivation? Okay. And there's a bunch of questions it asks you about like what this person's motivation. Is it about a knowledge set? Does this person have the knowledge they need to do a good job for you? Is it about... um competencies? Is it about behaviors? Is it about environmental barriers? And it's really cool to sort of look at this thing and you're like, hmm, circle this, circle this, circle. And then you're like, okay, now it's kind of painting the full picture for me so I can articulate to this person where they need to do better or ask them questions about how I can support them so they can do better. Um, Metrics are a great place to start, but a lot of our jobs are very subjective in nature. Um, So metrics are kind of hard if you're like in a place where you can pull productivity or utilization. Healthcare is very easy to do that. Um, You know, tech support or like customer service is easy to pull like ticket reports. But in some roles, it's just really hard um, to pull metrics. So what I always encourage people to do is like, when you're hiring for a position and you're writing a job description, also thinking about three to five like success metrics that are going to make this person like, hey, double thumbs up, you're doing great. Um, so from the very beginning, when you're thinking about the role, just writing down a few success metrics for that person. So you don't forget as a manager, honestly, just basics. And do you find in your experience that introverts versus extroverts handle things in different ways. Yeah. And I wouldn't say better or worse. Like I can't wait to get your take on this. Like introverts are usually more prepared and follow my talking points (laughs) 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 and extroverts tend to like, um, I think they got it figured out. They got it. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they do, but like, um, I guess dominating the conversation in a way that comes across as non-empathetic. 
And so there's this balance of like owning the, you know, you want to get this point across, but then you also want to build a rapport with this person so that they trust you and they feel like making a mistake isn't the worst thing in the world and you're going to support them to do better and get back to standard and like, so, um, yeah, I think just balancing, you know, extroverts dominating the conversation and just loving to talk, 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 beating dead horse. Sometimes extroverts can do. Yeah. A so. bunch of little circles into a big circle. We just had a moment. <laughs> What's your moment? Morgan always has Morgan moments. Lord have mercy. It's a whole thing. God, Lee. I like to talk. I beat a dead horse. <laughs> Yeah, can I keep talking? Well, you want me to just repeat what she said? Like, you know, just go back down that road? It's like, you know, and because you, you think you're doing what you should be doing, but you're really just harming the conversation. You're not bringing any positive to light. And then the other person that extrovert or introvert at that point just shuts off, just shuts down. And now nothing you say or nothing you do is being absorbed or even means anything. What about, what do you guys think about like humble inquiry during these kinds of conversations? Explain Ex- further. Yeah, I was, yeah. This is. Well, <laughs> Let me write this one down. <laughs> yeah, well, Humble what, what inquiry. Do you mean? What is that? It's kind of like leading the person by asking them questions versus telling them. Like, uh, I call it being curious that a judgmental. Yeah, being well, curious, and it's like what we do in parenting a lot of times. Like, um, how do you think that it went when you had that breakup conversation with? And because you've heard from their mom that he didn't, he thinks they're still together and your daughter thinks she broke up with him. And it's like, Hey, what's your daughter's name again? Abby. Abby. Abby, how did it go with little Joey? Right. (laughs) Um, Oh, I think it went good. Like I broke up with him. Well, it sounds like you cushioned the conversation a little bit. And uh, Joey's mom called me and said, y'all are still together and you're going to the prom. Um, So I think the humble inquiry is just about asking the question. To, to get them to give you the information so you can react in a conversational way versus just, like, laying the hammer. And that's very simple. That is coaching in a nutshell. Yes. Like, coaching is all about questioning. I look at coaching, and I've said this before, as kind of being a detective. Yeah. You're asking questions to get them to, you know, um, sometimes self-discovery and all that kind of stuff without telling. Yes. And and that's the difference in like the type of coaching that I do, and, and I think Morgan yeah. as well, compared to others, where they're like, "Here's your here's your plan, okay? Rich. Here's your problem, here's your plan. Yeah. Here, fit it in this box, yeah, and, and, and do it this way, yeah." And that doesn't work with no. anybody. No. We all have the answers within ourselves. So humble inquiry, I think, is that's a, a unique approach, a, an interesting approach to take with somebody who you're trying to like improve their performance uh, in a way. That would normally be forceful. considered conflict or, yeah, or confrontational. Yeah. yeah, and you you don't when you do it that way. It's like they're teaching themselves. It's like, well, I, like, and I do it in coaching all the time. Well, I didn't tell you you should do it. You said that's what you should do. Right. Or how do you <laughs> like? Back- come on, it ain't your ideas. I mean, my idea is your idea. You said it. And it's nice to play it back in their own words because then it resonates with them because it's their words. Oh, yeah. When they hear it out loud, and yeah. back to the dating thing, you know, how do you think it went? Oh well, I think it went great. We broke up. Awesome. What'd you say? <laughs> well, I said X, Y, Z. And then you can kind of, they a, they hear it out loud mm-hmm. and they can also be like, ooh, maybe that doesn't sound like a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then that gives you the opportunity to say, yeah, I don't think he thinks you're broken up yesterday. either. Yeah. I had a client yesterday and he's in, he's out of Bermuda. Um, and oh, um, Poor guy. 
Yeah, sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's out of Bermuda, and he, you know, he's a teacher. And this, it's always funny when I get teachers and doctors and people that like teach literally and and coach people. And he said, like, you know, I want to be better. I want to improve on this, and I want to get better at this. And then I say, and then he's like, well, I need to. We need to do this right now. We need to do this right now. I said, so if we do this right now, based off what you want to do, will you? Are you really improving, or am I telling you what to do? And he, then they go, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm. Go- this is what you said you wanted from me. I'm just reminding you of what you're looking for from this conversation, from this interaction, from this relationship. And when you forget about that, my job is to remind you by just asking you the question, how will that work for you? How has that worked for you? What will you do next? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's a very powerful piece. Well, asking questions, I think it's always better to ask questions to teach than it is to tell to teach. Well, and from a <clears throat> like conflict resolution standpoint, if there's an issue, how would you approach that? Because you have to like raise the issue, but then in getting them to solve their own problem. Yeah. Um, give me a specific, let's talk through like a situation. Yeah. Well, what situations have you had? Like, can you give us an HR nightmare? Well, what was the question? I, I might have a problem. Okay. okay well, like if, so <laughs> if the leader's got a problem with somebody, you have to raise the problem. In coaching, they bring the problem to you mm-hmm. and then you help them solve it. Right. This is a little different dynamic because I'm noticing that your performance sucks. So I've got to raise that issue, but then I want to ask you that's questions. Easy. I'm a coach. That's easy. Well, because I coach athletes too, right? And so um, every athlete wants it a certain way, but there's, I had an athlete years ago that I didn't like how, like when she came to me, she wanted something, a certain thing, but everybody else was the problem instead of her. Mm, Victim mentality. Right, and I didn't Mm want to, and at that time I didn't know how to explain it to her, you know, but this this time I probably wouldn't even uh, took her on as an athlete, but I I didn't know how to approach her without losing her as a customer in a way where it wasn't like I was attacking her. Yeah. Because, like, obviously she wasn't in a, in the, I don't feel she was in a mental space to to take direct, like, you are terrible at this. And mm-hmm. not at, not at the, the athletic part, but, like, how, how you're communicating what you want and what you need. You're not helping me help you. Mm-hmm. I go back to, you. have you heard of SBI, Situation Behavior Impact? This is like an HR thing. Oh, boy. I'm writing this one down, too. <laughs> Matt's in there shaking his head. He's like, ah! Um, yeah, the SBI model for feedback is really great. Um, it's basically like playing back almost like a video what just happened to the person. So um, let me take, like, the cancer of the workplace, passive-aggressive behavior. Oh, I love those. Um, <laughs> so, like... Um, Work isn't getting done. People are complaining that, you know, so-and-so is a biatch. Am I allowed to say that? You say whatever you okay. want. Yeah. <laughs> we, we weren't explicit when we had to explain Wordle. Okay. And, yeah, we way past that. And it's like, okay, well, why do you think that? Okay, like, give me some, like, concrete examples. Well, I sent her a text asking about a client contract. Um, she didn't respond. Then I saw her in the office the next day, and I said, hey, did you see my text last night? I need to get this, like, wrapped up. And she rolled her eyes. Um, then every time I send her an email, I see that she like read it, but she doesn't respond in a timely manner, but I see her responding to other people on the team. That is perfect passive aggressive behavior Mm -hmm. example. Okay. So as a manager, right, I get a couple of pieces of feedback here and I'm like, and I've taken a few notes and I'm like, okay, it's time to like talk to Lisa about being a biatch. So 
what I would use is the SBI model, which is, hey, Lisa, here's the situation. Um, a couple of people have came to me and told me that you're not responding to emails within 24 hours, which was a commitment that we made to each other as a team. Um, you are reading text messages that are related to business and a contract that's really important to the organization, um, and you're not responding there. And the impact is that we're not closing contracts in the time frame that we've committed to our clients that will do it. And the productivity is going way down. We're losing $500,000 a week because you're not responding in a timely manner. And... Um, and I need you to fix it. What are you going to do? And so like kind of when you frame it up like situation, behavior, and the impact, it can help people. And you play it back like a video, um, you know, on Monday at 8 p.m., Jody texted you. I saw that you read it, but you didn't respond. So just getting super detailed about the facts there. I also noticed in, um, you know, the team meeting, you rolled your eyes at Morgan. And what's up with that? Your body language is like telling me you're very frustrated. Do we need to sit down and have kind of a conversation? the three of us and just get through this because to be honest, like we're not going to be sitting in this storming phase of team dynamics. We're going to, we got to get to like performing. So, um, you know, I, I love the SBI. That's great. And that, that also kind of builds the foundation on which you can then start asking questions. Yeah. How do you feel you're being perceived or mm -hmm. how do you, you know, that allows them to maybe express because I always say, ask, don't, um, don't assume. Mm -hmm. Right. So we assume that she's being a biatch because she's upset or unhappy or whatever. For all we know, she doesn't know she's doing that. Doesn't know she's doing it. Or guess what? There's always three sides to a story. Yeah. So then she comes in and she's and you are, do a little questioning and asking what's her perspective. And she's like, look, um, Matt cut me out of a deal that we should have had a split commission on two months ago. And that I was planning on that to pay my kids tuition and I got cut out of the, the deal. Why don't you raise it up the flagpole? Well, I didn't want to like cause a big stink. OK, so now it's festering. You're letting it just like build up within and it's coming out. It's manifesting in this passive aggressive behavior. It's got to stop. OK, well, shit. Sorry about that. Not yeah, and, and next time when I need a split commission, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, she's not right. doing it on purpose. She just yeah. That's how she feels and her feelings are coming out yeah. in a very unhealthy way in that right. place. And again, back to detective work. It's always like... It's more to the story. There's more to the story, and you've got to get all sides to it. And even when they tell it. you the story, it's still more to the story. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in legal, so, yeah. Oh, you did? Always, okay. Yeah, paralegal for 20-something years. Like, it's, it's always more. Mm -hmm. They never tell you everything. Well, and if you want to know everything, everything is recoverable and discoverable It's if it's on company technology. So just note to self. Yeah, that's why you don't text, type. That's right. You go verbal. That's I right. am. You go verbal. <laughs> you go and verbal. make sure there's no Wait, cameras or recording devices. Let's meet at the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> so what about conflict between two people that is not passive aggressive, but aggressive aggressive? Mm. Hmm. Fist the cuffs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, I had a really, like, machismo ops leader that I worked with at one point in my career and they came back and like were bragging about um basically like shouldering a production worker um and because that person like had a bad attitude or something what do you mean shouldering what do you mean literally like shoulder to shoulder like showing him like what's up I'm the boss as um, he walked by or like yeah, as he walked by oh exactly <laughs> I'm yeah, thinking to myself, it, if yeah. I was that guy getting shouldered by an executive 
like because they're so insecure they need to, I mean I'm like thinking to myself I'm like this guy needs to be fired like this is a that's leader assault, in our organization yeah that's assault and so <laughs> that was a really odd situation um nobody he didn't hit him no they didn't get into it but like and so then that that puts sort of like everyone who witnessed it um the HR team that guy's like boss the CEO or the you know did anybody man, say anything oh absolutely oh. it's like that is completely of course well, you, I'm talking about the people, all those people that well, we it's my job the bystanders. Yeah. I'm talking about the bystanders absolutely not they were horrified and it's like but yeah hey that is completely inappropriate you cannot do that you cannot do that again like I, and nothing ever boiled up with this guy but like yeah he had complete he, he, yeah, first for of all, a whole lot of stuff. He yeah. could have quit, gotten back pay, uh, done criminal chart, yeah. all the things. And sued and, the company. It's a complete, this guy is a complete liability. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, but, but guess what? That wasn't sort of like the first time that happened. So I think picking up on the cues before a physical altercation goes down and eliminating people in your organization that are going to be a major liability to you is like, Number one, he did it to the right person. He didn't do it to the wrong one. <laughs> he, right. he, he, that, he tells you enough to know that because yeah. the wrong one, he the call, call the hot one. Also, like <laughs> we talked about joking, there uh, HR nightmares. We had an episode "Sex in the Workplace," but like when you throw a couple hundred people, a thousand people into an organization, they're working around the clock. I mean, y'all were in the military. Um, yes. r- personal relationships <laughs> <referring> develop. <laughs> I've heard some incredible <laughs> personal relationship stories from the military. Um, but, like, you know, um, one person dating many people on the shift, um, you know, supervisor dating subordinates and trying to keep it on the down low. Um, that all leads to, like, a weird dynamic and conflict. So just Inappropriate and, and just um, very, uh, what they call it, volatile. It can be. It can be, yeah. Yeah. So just kind of like as a supervisor, being aware and kind of keeping your ear to the ground and having a confidant, right? Like if there's like somebody who's the gossip on your team, um, like making sure you get coffee with them once in a while to get the lowdown. Always being the hang out, Hang out. This was the thing like back in the day. It was like hang out at the smoke shack. Mm-hmm. Just sit out there for a couple of minutes while people are having a smoke. You'll find out everything you need to know about everybody on your team. Um, but keeping your ear to the ground so that you can really, like, kind of, you know, raise some, like, yellow flags in your mind and get ahead I, of I, it. Yeah, that yeah. was literally, I, I think, it, as enlisted, especially in the military, like, our job was to know everything. Yeah. And that's not literally, we need to have our pulse on yeah. on everyone at, at all times. And You can get uh, ahead of, like, the really bad conflict by just... Checking in with people on a regular basis, finding out how they're doing as humans, in and out of work. People don't leave their stuff at the door. So, um, and then pointing them towards resources, right? You're struggling financially. You're struggling in your marriage. Your mom is really, really sick with cancer. You just found out you have cancer. Um, You know, like pointing them towards resources, whether it's through your health insurance or your employee assistance program or the VA or whatever, like know where to get the resources, especially as a leader, that's part of your job. What about conflict? As the leader, if you've got a team where two people are having conflict, what are some tips to deal with those two people that are aggressive toward each other? It really depends. 
right? Like, Tell me a good story. Did they so used to be friends? Anybody? Did they used to be, you Let's know? Say, yeah. Let's say Morgan and I were the best of friends. Yeah. And okay. whatever happened, and now we're like mortal enemies in within the team. Yeah. So, I okay, Finish. I would like... Finish. <laughs> what Mortal would be your combat. move? What's your move? Babality. Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, did Jody get a promotion that they both applied for? Um, did Jody start going out with your ex-wife? Did like I would need to know That'd some more details. Problem, not mine. <laughs> and I would like to to note this is a little militarism that Jody is the guy. And all, Jody they call boy. them Jodies. Jody. That Jody when boy. you're on deployment, Jody steals your Cadillac. Jody steals your girl. <laughs> so this is a... Hey, yeah, that Jody yeah. boy. Yeah. This is a great <laughs> scenario. So let's say I've done all the things, and now I am Morgan's mortal enemy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a super big fan of moving people off of teams to separate personalities, right? I'd want to sit down and, well, first of all, have a one on, if I'm an HR person or I'm a leader, I'm both your boss, like, and maybe I'm not well equipped. And if you have an HR person that's really good or somebody you trust or another leader, like kind of preparing some questions to sit down, have one-on-ones with each one of you, triangulate the story, try to figure out where did the conflict start? How long ago was it? Was it just last week? Or was it like three years ago? You're complaining about something that happened three years ago and you've just like bottled this up and stuffed it down into a deep, dark place. Um, And so now we're dealing with something a little bit bigger. So I just would have to kind of find out some more details about, like, the backstory there. Do you feel like there's a conflict? Do you feel like there's a conflict? Um, And then if it's not, like, a terrible thing and it's just sort of, like, aligning, hey, the feedback, why he got the promotion and you didn't, let me give you the feedback. You want to get from... You know, um, give me a couple of positions. What's a promotion and where you guys were? Oh, I don't like, uh, well, rank wise, rank wise, E7 to E8. Okay, E7. Well, he got promoted to E8. If you want to go from E7 to E8, here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Let's not focus on what he did. He, look, we have a very clear kind of checklist on what you need to do to get promoted. Um, You're still missing these two boxes. If it's as simple as that, that's just feedback I do with you. If it's something that's more interpersonal related and it's it's deep and it's dark and it's hidden away somewhere, then we probably want to have some kind of facilitated conversation where, like, you set some ground rules and um, don't talk over each other and you kind of, like, do – it's like pulling your kids into a room, right, when they've had, like, a fist fight outside in the yard and you're like, okay, do you feel better now or – do we need to talk through this? And so facilitating some kind of conversation with the two of you might be good. Or that might be the worst thing ever, depending on the backstory that you give me. And I might just say, you know what? You're going to a different team and you're going to a different team. And um, it's really kind of the leader's choice if you're working for private business. Yeah, just kind of, I get, yeah, absolutely. Like situationally dependent, you're going to have situational. to. situational. No you black pre- and white. How would you prepare as the leader mentally to go into that kind of situation because i think a lot of people struggle with that i've seen where they're like okay i know this is blowing up but i think you have to do a little bit of preparation on being honest with yourself about is this going to turn physical because um if Mm. you think it might like having somebody on standby to like come in and you know kind of hanging outside of the office 
Um, geez, I remember even being like in termination meetings with people where a West Point grad taught me this. She said, managers sit on this side and the other person sits over here. So if they try to reach across the table and strangle you, you can flip the table on them. So anyway, like have nice. have an escape plan for real, um, especially if this person's like a hothead. Yeah, and you've already sent them to like anger management classes, and you've had conversations with them about, hey, you can't throw your cell phone down the hall in a professional environment and start screaming the f word at everybody and like and like storming and slamming your door. Like that's not sort of something like office people okay. professionals do. Really? Oh yeah, no, this... don't be serious. I'm being so. I'm never gonna happen. <laughs> What, nobody's ever thrown anything? At me? Not at oh, you, but just like, oh, like down the this, Oh my this, God. I've never seen that. Like I've never like to have the grown people. I know people get upset and yeah. mad and people close doors and, and maybe it's just me being in a military bubble, yeah. right? Because usually the person throwing stuff is usually like the boss and you're really gonna stay out of his way. Like it's not a thing you're gonna engage in. Yeah. And, you know, not unless it's directly like I've had people come at me directly. I ha- I would never tell people on here how I handle things. Because they, I'm a, I'm six foot two, big and black, right? And I handle things different type of way, right? Okay. And so I come across as very intimidating <laughs> no to a lot comment. of people, right? Okay. You can comment if you choose to, <laughs> right? This is explicit. This is what we're talking about. Like I come across a certain way and I have a very strong leadership aura around me. I'm a ninja. You know what I mean? And so with being big and fit and sexy, that people don't want to approach me. But like you saying, people are going through the hallway throwing cell phones. What? Yes. These are grown-ass adults. Grown-ass men throw cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. I would first be worried about, like, that was a $1,000 cell phone I just threw. Yeah, I'm not throwing throwing anything of mine. Like, that's not happening or anything I have to pay for. I don't get I just, I mean, I'm being, you know, um, we'd be funny at the same time. But, like, to, to see that grown adults are having tantrums. I've literally never seen it. I've never seen it. I swear to you. Oh, I have. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a leader that was throwing a tantrum. Really? Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Tyrant the... mode. Yeah. And that doesn't work anymore. Anywhere. No. So. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's 1980s wow. Better you than style. me, then. I mean, I, did it happen to you? Was mm-hmm. he mad at you? It's a whole situation. Like, slamming doors, things falling off the wall. <laughs> I mean, full-blown. Did he come back and say sorry? Mm, ish. I've okay. had people get mad at me. No, no, I or mean. yell. I'm, oh, yeah. I can do it. Yeah, no. the military is yelling is normal. Like, yeah. That's just another level of communication. No, yeah. I'm talking full-blown <laughs> tantrums. Yeah. Huh. Same. Yeah. It's crazy. That window went well. That window went well. But you can't get physical anymore. I mean, when we were coming up in the military, it was not uncommon to see people. Tree line. Go out in the tree line and solve their issues, kind of like siblings, you know. Hey, yeah. and I, I, I've got step step brothers uh, in my mind. That movie, oh with yeah, Will Ferrell and yeah, yeah. Papao, Papao, yeah. When they go out in the uh, in the yard and they're fighting, yeah. And I think Will Ferrell had a bicycle, and the other guy had a, a golf club. And, yeah, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff anymore. And really, what did that you solve? Shouldn't in do the, that kind of right. stuff anymore. Let's say it that way. Yeah. Well, what did that solve anyway? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Well, they had the Catalina wine mixer That's after right. that. They so. did. Eventually, they came back together. <laughs> um, we still have the movie, okay? Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, so, John C. Riley. That was bothering. Yeah, I, I know. I, I always forget his name, and he's in all the movies. Too, yeah, I love him. So, like from um, 
I lost my question now because I'm thinking of stepbrothers. <laughs> just, oh, my God. We just held a Catalina wine mixer last Thursday. It was our second annual one. We'll have to have you, you guys called next it? year. What? Yeah. You called it that? No, we called it oh, off the dock yacht party. But, yeah, with uh, North, the guys from oh, Northwest Mutual and Paylocity. Yeah, we did, that was super fun. Oh Best networking God. event ever. Why didn't we go? <laughs> Next we year, man. We weren't invited. We weren't at the, we weren't in the know. We weren't in the know. Oh, okay. Next year. Next year. Okay. So pow pow. Pow pow. <laughs> We're kind of getting close to the end anyway. I would love to hear like one of the most egregious leadership conflict stories. We're not ending with that. No, we're not in it with that, but we can like play positive with it. sandwich. Positive sandwich. This is an open face sandwich. Um, <laughs> um, I would say just complete uh, micromanaging. So I've got a couple of people in my mind uh, over the years that I've worked with or for. Um, you know, watching people as they come in and out of the office building. Um, and not sort of like thinking about the bigger picture, like, hey, they can't drop their kids off until 730. So they get here at eight o'clock or 805 or um, and and then just like spreading like like a bad story um, or sort of like making them look like a bad actor because um, they're coming in five minutes later than, you know, all the other folks in the office building. Or, um, you know, I've also seen a leader talk outwardly kind of like in a discriminatory way against like women as a whole in the office and that, you know, if women would give up their role as like having to leave by six o'clock to go pick up their kids at daycare, because by the way, all daycares, oh yeah, (laughs) because Mm. all the daycares close at six and DSS will take your kid. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, having a problem with women having to go pick up, you know, the kids at daycare and it's like, hey, well, um, fathers, fathers also pick kids up at daycare by six o'clock. Yeah, daycare um, doesn't change the time. Daycare doesn't sex. change. Yeah, and cars can be driven by anybody. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, using uh, bad kind of inappropriately, like politically incorrect language, like, you know, one neck to grab or, um, you know, always kind of using like slang term, again, like from the 80s, right? Right. Uh, can, is just n- not acceptable in it shouldn't have been acceptable ever, but it's not acceptable in today's workplace. That's a big piece, right? <clears throat> and I don't. I know we on a, getting short on time, but like, what people was we look at the communities of leaders that we were dealing with, and I and I and I talk to like you know lower level leaders, or lower level supervisors, directors. When you understand who you're working for and what time frame they came from of leadership, yeah, right. What we doing now is not what they did in the '70s or the early '80s, and it's going to be like. And then if you can like it's. Getting to know, we talked about really understanding that person. Who trained them? Mm-hmm. Like, what did that training look like? Mm-hmm. Right? What was it? Was it rigid? Was it like this is the way women? They they only could be this, this, and that. Or was it like you know, was it a, a, a racial thing? Or or leadership was like harder was better. Like yeah. the more our tough love is the what makes us perform at a, at another level. Yeah. And none of that stuff is true now. Right. And right. I think sometimes that we sometimes we look at examples that. Um, that, that take us back to something, but that have no bearing on what things are right now. And sometimes we forget that. Yeah, they have no place in, in what's going on in the world today. Nope. It ain't going to work. I guess one of the maybe final question is... Is it? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I could talk all day to her. I don't know. When can, po- <laughs> when can conflict or how can conflict be a positive thing? Um, 
It's good when you get aligned. I mean, you have to have constructive conflict, conflicting conversations when you have misalignment. So um, if you've got, you know, folks on your team who are new to your team that don't understand what your expectations are, then sometimes that's just healthy conflict, right? Hey, I don't think you understand what my expectations are of your new role. You came from this role. Here's your new role. Like, let's talk about what my expectations as the leader. Oh, okay, great. Handshake. We're good to go. Um, that's conflict because their perspective was different than my perspective. Um, I think when you get to alignment, that's the whole purpose of having a like a conversation that's about that's centered around conflict. Healthy is, conflict. Yeah, and is, it, is there such thing? Healthy conflict. I don't know. I don't really. It's a horrible for some reason, I don't like. <laughs> well, you get a free toothbrush, oh. so I always look forward to that. More floss. I don't like buying floss, um, but yeah, I think there can be healthy conflict. Um, you can come up with another tagline for healthy conflict, but I think any conflict that leads to alignment is good. I would agree, and we did a episode on healthy conflict or the mm-hmm. positive side of conflict, and you know, cool. I think conflict and confrontation both have negative connotations to the words themselves but if you look at what it actually is it does it can bring growth and positive positive attributes if you handle it healthy exactly yeah if you if you allow it to diminish the relationships and and go down a personal path with it then sometimes it can bring you in a different direction but the key is it's like how can we grow from this how we can we be better for this and what is best for the organization and the mission yeah true Man, that was good. Bam. Pow, pow. Pow, pow. Pew, pew. All right. Well, thanks for Squirrel. being on. Yay. Yeah, thank you. Um, how and can Morgan. People, how can people get... I know. I know. I'm so hungry. He's he's hungry and he's slap happy. Well, you've ran like how many miles today? 50? No, I'll run. Oh, okay. I'll go get on the stair stepper for about two hours after this and run about two or three miles. That is craziness. It's an easy day. Two hours on a stair stepper. Yeah, no, thank you. Okay. I'll no. watch Vikings or something. <laughs> Ultra <Yeah>. stair stepper. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you? Um, get in touch with me by connecting on LinkedIn. Um, love following what other business leaders are up to and the cool content other others are pumping out like you guys. Um, and tune in to HR Nightmares. That's our free HR advice. And it's the salacious stories that we would have put in a book, but don't have time to write a book. So we just get behind these microphones like you guys. Um and they can follow HR Nightmares on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts and um, submit any questions that you have to get some free HR advice um, through the YouTube channel. The show is awesome. Check it out. It's all the juicy stuff that you would think HR. I look forward to listening. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my listen today on the way back to the house. It's awesome. awesome. I was hooked after the first episode. So, all right, Lisa. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah, you, really Lisa. Appreciate I appreciate it. you. The L word. Love, leadership, and laughter. <laughs> 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 all right, everybody. That's going to do it uh, for this episode of That L Word. And we're going to leave you at this. You can be anything you choose to be as long as you choose to be it. Until next time, leave the reviews, five stars, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Bye.